We are back with episode number 46, and before I get started and explain to you about our guest and what he's done and the TV show that he has and all that good stuff, I have to tell you about one of my favorite human beings on earth. Her name is Laura Lee Smith. She is a real estate agent with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate in the Bryan College Station, Texas and surrounding areas, and if you've ever dreamt about owning your own property or maybe upgrading a house because you've got to find a place to put the new kid and the dog or cat if you choose, whatever it may be, maybe you have a business idea and you need a storefront to put that business in and a good location. Whatever it is, Laura Lee can help you out. She can find it what you need at the exact price that you need it, and she makes the whole process enjoyable. I know. I know what you're thinking. Enjoyable with all that big stack of paperwork and lawyer speak in it? Yes. Just trust me and give Laura Lee a call and find out what I'm talking about. Her number is 979-218-2315. Call or text her anytime at 979-218-2315. Now, this episode is with Robbie Carson. He is a former Marine. He is a tattoo artist at Prison Break Tattoo down in Houston, Texas. And he's an active firefighter at the same time. Oh, and also he has a show on A&E called Hero Inc. coming out on June 6th. And it's just an overall cool, down-to-earth dude. And we have a great conversation about tattoos, art, what it's like to be a first responder, and the different things that he's done. And we even talk about rescuing pets from fires. I'm not going to give away too much more. Please enjoy the conversation with Robbie Carson. And just like that, it is recording. Hell yeah, man. This coffee is great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's the... What is? It? What did I tell you it was? It was the Ethiopian horror blend. Yeah. I knew it was from Ethiopia. Yeah. Wow. We're Good. working on... Hopefully we're going to get the right one to sell. So you like it, and Laura Lee likes it. A friend <laughs> of ours. Like, okay. So we've got two people that really, really enjoy the the blend so far. So maybe this maybe this one will stick. Very uh, nice, man. If Ethiopia had a taste, is that. <laughs> For the warriors, yeah, right. Before yeah. they go into battle, they need a caffeine. Oh man, I'm telling you. Right on, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Dude, the podcast, appreciate dude. having me, man. This is my first podcast, actually, and um, I'm what? super excited. Yeah, I'm super really? excited, man. Yeah, that's awesome, Good man. Stuff, man. Good stuff. Very cool. So, I know we just talked a little bit at Betty's little mm-hmm. um, uh, Betty's husband's thing. Yeah, the workout deal for him. Yeah. And uh, I just thought I was like, dude, he's, you're a cool <laughs> dude, man. Like. I like your tattoos. The tattoos look sick. You know, I'm being a fan of like tattoo art and just the whole thing in general. That's awesome. And then uh, find out you're a tattoo artist and then Betty's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a TV show coming out. And I'm like, what? (laughs) No, really? Uh, I'm still like that. I'm I'm still like, I have, wait, I have a show coming out with me in it. Like pretty crazy, man. Pretty, it's it's kind of surreal. I think until the the premiere, uh, the actual uh, episode one premiere, I I think until then it's going to be kind of surreal. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't believe it yet. No nope. <laughs> kind of thing until I see my face on the projector there. Did you guys have, I, I think you had, do you have a viewing party? Yeah, uh, I have a watch party on June 6th uh, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at uh, 360 Midtown. It's a, it's a bar slash club in, yeah. uh, in pretty much downtown Houston. Uh, anyone's invited, I'm going to be doing a raffle, um, $10 a ticket. Uh, the money... 100% of the money from that raffle goes toward uh, the family of a fallen uh, Houston firefighter. So um, I just feel like, you know, the show's about recognizing uh, first responders and what they do. So what better stage to have a, 
uh, help a, a first responder family out than than that, right? So yeah, can't, can't wait to do that. No, man. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. And now the first responder thing, I imagine, and we'll, we'll kind of get into the more of the show, but like, yeah. you are a marine yourself, right? I think we talked about that when we were yeah. having conversations. Like, you're a marine and a firefighter and a tattoo artist, like all <laughs> two of those, those at the same time. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not active duty anymore with the Marine Corps. I pretty much uh, I joined. Uh, my mom actually had to sign paperwork because I was 17. <laughs> really? When I signed up, yeah, uh, the recruiter, um, the Marine Corps recruiter, uh, was in the grocery store that I was bagging at at the time. I worked at a grocery store in uh, in Dayton, Texas, and he walked in there and he was like, "You look like a bright young man. You want to join the Marines?" And I was like, mm, <laughs> "Let me think about that." <laughs> so eventually, I did think about it, and uh, I, as a kid growing up, I always wanted to be in the military, man. So, and uh, it was a natural thing. Uh, the day after I graduated boot camp, flew out to San Diego to get yelled at for three months. <laughs> then, uh, then did my thing for five years. Got out uh, in 2013. Uh, There's about an eight month window after I got out of the Marines to when I started the fire department thing. So for eight months, I was just tattooing full time. That was the first time I tattooed only. Uh, I've always tattooed and did something else. So uh, that was cool. And then um, fire department has treated me well. So yeah. yeah. Man, here I, we are. <laughs> I actually thought, I actually really like, I really thought about becoming a firefighter for a long time. Yeah, it's, like, it's rewarding. B- between firefighter and being a cop and then the military thing, like, yeah. if I had grown up different and had a different upbringing, that would have been a path that I might have gone. Yeah, uh, upbringing, definitely. Uh, my, my mom, she raised me and my sister and my brother um, as a single mom. Oh, wow. But she, uh, kudos to her, man. Yeah, she, that's a tough job. And the whole time, uh, she she met uh, my stepdad uh, when I was eleven. That's why we moved to Houston from San Antonio. And uh, the whole time she was raising us, she uh, had a full time job, full time career. That she's, by the way, she's worked uh, worked up to the top from from the bottom of this career. Um, she just got a, a big job promotion last year. So shout out to my mom. She's an awesome person, and if, I wouldn't be where I'm at without her. But um, when she was raising us, she uh, made sure she, uh, she um, had me and my brother and my sister being Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. That taught us a lot of moral compass growing up. And um, so I, I joined, or excuse me, we, uh, we had field trips to the fire station and uh, JROTC programs. And I, was, I always knew I wanted to do something like that. So why not do them both, you know? It just seems so. like a super manly <laughs> job, right? Uh, like, yeah, firefighting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you definitely... Uh, see, manly. I wouldn't say manly. I would say it definitely takes grit because some of the female firefighters in in, in my fire department for Houston, they uh they would outwork any guy. Well, I guess I guess yeah. manly was about like fulfilling in yeah. that way. Oh, true, true, true. You know true, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you definitely, yeah. In the sense of being manly, yes, you you definitely have to uh, um uh, be do I guess uh, work. And the majority are men. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah the true. majority are no, men. True, like, true. and I'm not. I, I didn't want to say that to like knock the lady firefighter. <laughs> no, 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 for sure, for sure. I, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, but like, definitely, um, you definitely have to be gritty to to do that job, man. Especially sure. in Houston. Yeah, Houston. Uh, we uh, we are the fourth largest city in the U.S. and one of the biggest fire departments in the U.S. when it comes to covering square mileage. So uh, we have. Whoa! Did yeah, not know yeah, that. Yeah, we uh, we cover over 600 square miles. Uh, over 96 fire stations, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we are a huge fire department. Um, so 
uh, we're exposed to a lot of different emergencies. And uh, to be a Houston firefighter, you need to also uh, be an EMT or a paramedic as well. So yeah. um, most stage stations, you know, your first shift, your first 24-hour shift, you'll be on the fire truck doing um, fire suppression operations. The next shift, you'll be on the ambulance or the, the medic unit. So you'll, uh, you'll experience things from people calling 911 because they had a bad dream and their heart rate's up. <laughs> And they're worried about their blood pressure. You'll get stuff like that all the way to, you know, terrible, fatal car accidents. Um, yeah. So it, it's you have a wide variety of things you're exposed to. So um, Houston firefighters are one of the most experienced firefighters in the nation, in my opinion. I would think any, like, big inner city firefighting group yes. is going to be... It's going to be all over the place and challenging yeah. all at the same time yeah. and rough. And most most uh, smaller fire departments really like guys coming from big cities. Uh, they do a lot of lateral uh, moves to uh, other fire departments. Um, they'll keep their rank for time and grade because those departments really want them because <laughs> of their experience. You know, it makes their fire department a little better. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. Very rewarding. Uh, 90% of the... The job is not that serious, but that 10% is intense. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So um, it, it, it's kind of cool uh, to be um, uh, cooking dinner at the fire station. And then before you know it, we get a, a house fire call, right? So uh, that, that extreme change from calm to chaotic is, is what I like. Yeah, it's, yeah. You're just like I don't chill. know if that's normal or not, but I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, it's probably it's really good that there's people like you out there that yeah. like that change because that yeah. uh, that's the only way you can do that job is if you love it. You know. Yeah. To, uh, you also, uh, in my opinion, you have to be pretty mentally stable and strong because the the things that that we see with our eyes, like it, it, it's pretty tough to to deal with. Um, so uh, it's always good to talk to the guys at the fire station we're, we're, we're all there for each other so that's kind of why i joined the fire department after the military that whole camaraderie thing that family you know that group of of individuals that have seen and done the same thing and are experiencing the same thing so they can kind of be there for each other it's like your little community yeah you know yeah, you've like, got to like, like a family p- people that you yeah. kind of get along with oh yeah, yeah. um i love and, it, and can relate to at the same time yeah um I, the only thing I have to like kind of understand that is I had a really good friend growing up. His dad was, um, oh, I forgot what he was. He was an investigator for the fire department or oh, something wow, like yeah. that. Like yeah. he did, he, he moved up and went into that. And yeah. then he's, he would have to go to scenes all the time and see dead bodies. And he had all these horrific things. And he's like, you know, we kind of joke about it mm-hmm. and we laugh at some of these pictures that we have and yeah. these things because it's the only way for us to stay sane. Like yeah, it's really horrific. It's definitely what, what we need. Uh, that and any kind of uh, like nurses and doctors, they, they, they're the same way. Yeah. They, they have to find a way to cope with what they're seeing and what they're doing and what they're feeling with their hands, like all those memories, you know, accumulate. So uh, it's in my in a way, I guess it's a, a defense mechanism, like um, joking around uh, about stuff like that. Of course, it's not like a disrespectful thing. Yeah. We, we just have to um, we just have to make light of it because it's not like a sprint; it's like a marathon, right? So you have to help yourself on every situation like that. So uh, 
yeah, it's 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 crazy, but uh, it suits me well. Suits well me I think well, it takes sure. like a little bit of the reality away from it, just for a second, yeah. so that you yeah. you can kind of be like, okay, this is I deal with like seeing terrible things all the time, and then it kind of takes some of the. It seems like to me it would take like some of the sting out of it, where you can function on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah, that's well know? said, man. Takes takes the reality of it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That explains it perfectly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, so, how did you do? You, did you tattoo a bunch of the people at the fire station? You became a fire to fire, firefighter first, right? Before a tattoo artist? No, uh, I was a tattoo artist uh, when I was in the Marines. So okay. wherever I was stationed, I would tattoo oh. outside base. <laughs> oh, really? What'd Essentially, you do, do it yeah. for money. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but I obviously wasn't able to tattoo as much as I wanted to. Uh, being uh, in the military, you don't really have a nine to five job. Uh, it's pretty much whenever the U.S. government wants you, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to get you. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I did it when I could, and I just made sure, you know, the uh, studio owner, you know, would know that. So uh, tattooed a lot of military folks back in the day. Um, yeah. Then um, at the fire at the fire department, I probably, no joke, tattooed about 50% of the fire department. We really? have 4,000 4, employees. For the, for the uh, Houston Fire Department, it's it's awesome. Do they just, I, I love do, it you, do you just like you do it like off work? You get you get off. You're like, okay, we're gonna go. I don't know if I can ask that question or not. Yeah, but, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much, um, I deal with my first responder and military clients the same way as all the rest of my clients. They just get the special treatment, you know. Oh, sure. From me, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, man. pretty much, say um, you know a guy at the station or uh, you know a guy messages me or emails me. Um, or, you know, it's a word of mouth kind of thing. Everyone in the fire department pretty much knows they got, they got a guy in the fire department that does tattoos at a, at a first responder themed tattoo studio. Yeah. So, so I get messages all the time and, you know, we just do that whole process, you know, tell me what you want, what are you looking for? And, uh, I'll, I'll give you my artistic vision on it and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. It's, well, I mean, you're like a legit artist, you know, like in a studio that that sort of thing like mm-hmm. you have a place to tattoo oh yeah I, shut I always, up i always like yeah i always take a step back because guys will see my tattoos like oh you like tattoos i'm like yeah i really like them you know and and uh they go well i got a guy i'm like nope i yeah uh, i'm not yeah. going to the johnny I will tattoo to you in the basement <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> no, like yeah oh man no. yeah um so yeah um outside of the fire department you know um i have a also a large clientele that um, don't even really know I'm a firefighter. So uh, that usually gets brought up in conversation during the tattoo. Yeah. So uh, uh, pretty much, shout out Prison Break Tattoos. That's where I work. Uh, we have a show uh, on A&E Network premiering on June 6th uh, called Hero Inc. And um, it's pretty much a show about first responders, them telling their stories, and me doing a tattoo design on them that has to do with the heroic story that they're telling. Uh, it's... A treat for me. It's such a passion to be able to combine my two um, jobs, essentially, uh, being a first responder and being a tattoo artist or an artist in general. I get to combine those two things, which is a dream come true to me. I uh, didn't know that was going to be uh, an option in the past, so I kept them kept them separate. Obviously, tattooed first responders, so in a way, it was already combined. But um, now I can actually use my art to put on. Uh, first responders in in a a way where a large audience can see that those two worlds can combine yeah so which i don't think has ever been done really 
um, on on a on a national audience. So yeah, I'm super stoked about it, man. Yeah, it looks it, like it, a cool it's show. gonna be great. I flew out to New York uh, mid February. And uh, I think you actually went to New York after. Yeah, that. I went right after you did. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't know, so, I didn't know you went out there for that. Yeah, so I went out there for that. Um, I, I did a private viewing of all 12 episodes. And a couple episodes in, I was... Uh, the, the production office has a private uh, theater. So, like, I, I'm, you know, lean back in this recliner. And I'm, like, just kind of <laughs> arms crossed, like, looking at that big screen. And I'm like, damn, I'm watching this as a fan now. I, I, I don't care about my face up there. Like, I want to see what happens next. The producers did a great job on uh, d- doing the show, essentially. That, man, uh, I'm super stoked for it, man. So was everybody in there from Prison Break? No. So um, I'm the only local uh, artist there, um, and I'm also the only active duty first responder yeah. uh, on the show. The, the other artists uh, are phenomenal people, uh, one of them. Uh, so we all flew down uh, from wherever they, they were at. Uh, to Houston, so it's filmed in Houston uh, at Prison Break Tattoos on Washington Avenue. And uh, the other artist, uh, Tony Stenard, he uh, tattoos in Tucson, Arizona. I've heard that name before. Yeah, he uh, he is a badass. I, I don't know if I can say <laughs> yeah, ass, you can but say whatever you want. He is a it's badass man. He uh, he he got injured while he was in the Marine Corps uh, and lost his uh, pinky because of it. So his tattoo name is Tony Four Fingers. And uh, oh, yeah, so he, cool. he he's a he's a retired <laughs> Marine. Uh, combat marine and he is a badass I'm telling you um, he, and he's a great tattoo artist artist in general really uh, his mind is, is, is great he's mentally strong he's dealt with a lot of adversity in his life and uh, a great father a great um, husband he's just pretty much an all around American hero uh, so he you know tattooing out, out of Tucson Arizona we have Janice Danger she is a uh, a wife of uh, an active duty military. Oh, member. that'd be interesting. Yeah, so she, yeah. you know, it's cool to see her angle. Uh, when you see her tattooing on the show, uh, it's cool to see her angle on being uh, a wife of a military guy or first responder. So she can like add to to that conversation there. And this whole show, you just get different angles on on different views. Like it's it's just such such a great show. Uh, you have uh, Rich Verdino. He tattooed, He owns a shop uh, in Long Island, or as he likes to call Strong Island. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he he's a, a retired NYPD guy, and uh, he uh, he was he, there for the 9/11 attack and everything. He uh, he is a, a badass as well. Uh, great tattoo artist. He's a great painter as well. Uh, he uh, he's he's a great father. He he has a couple kids and he, uh, he he's probably one of the best dads I've ever seen. He everything he does is for his kids, so that that's pretty cool. Uh, the only way I can relate to that, I have two dogs and uh, they're they're my world essentially. So, <laughs> uh, you have Zoe Taylor. She owns a tattoo studio in West Hollywood. Uh, her, her clientele very very high profile. She she's well known around that area uh, for her uh, detail uh, color or black and gray. She's a very very good tattoo artist. Uh, when she was a kid, she was actually rescued by a first responder out of a car accident. So that's her view of gotcha. like you know she she was saved so by a, a first big, responder. Yeah. So uh, you know all these uh, all these people um, that are tattooing in the show are. are bring a different angle to everything you go of course you got me you know i'm not combat vet or anything like that but um you know i do have military experience and i'm an active duty firefighter so 
um, one of the episodes, uh, I'm tattooing a guy, a first responder from Houston that was in, medically separated from his job because he was injured and almost paralyzed uh, from his job. So uh, he's good now. He's walking around, dealt with a lot of adversity, but um, obviously I'm paired up with this guy to tattoo him because yeah. we're, we both you know protect the, the same streets in the same city. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. That's, so did you find it easier to relate to them having been a first respond like or being a first responder like yeah. the conversation being able to flow because i know every time i've gone to get tattoos it's more of like a therapy session with my tat yeah. like this mm-hmm. guy's drawing on me but we're really like getting deep into some like yeah. it's like a deep conversation at the same time it's not just yeah. like hey man what's up what's up bro yeah, you know exactly. we're talking about religion and we're talking about everything yeah. like our beliefs and how we feel and what's going on in our life and all yeah. that good stuff happens on that table mm-hmm. so i was wondering if like that maybe like was fun for you and also you found it like rewarding to be able to talk to people specifically about that or if it you know if or if it was maybe like a little tougher to do yeah uh it was very emotional uh but also funny and fun like you get all the emotions in, in these conversations i'm having with these heroes um Obviously, uh, most of the guys... So the show will pair up the artist with the first responder they think matches up well. So obviously, yeah. Rich Ferdino, he'd be tattooing a lot of uh, police officers. Uh, you got uh, Tony Stenard will probably be tattooing someone that got injured in the line of duty because he got injured as well. So uh, they mesh up the artist with the, the client slash first responder. So... Uh, the conversations I'm having with these mainly firefighters, but also military guys, uh, they, uh, they are bringing out certain conversations in me that I really wouldn't be able to relate to with anyone else. So that's why I say it's a little emotional. And then we'll, uh, while I'm tattooing, we'll be sharing, uh, funny stories on saving cats or whatnot Uh, it's, it's awesome, man. Uh, it, it, it is sometimes hard and it, Tattooing, I have to really be focused on the tattoo as well. So, um, a mixture of of those two was was definitely something new to me. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it it took a lot to, to a couple of different uh, on a couple of different occasions. It took a lot uh, to hold back tears while I was tattooing because uh, unsanitary to have teardrops <laughs> and on, see, on like... the trauma on top of the skin. Yeah. But uh, it. Uh, it was uh, it, it was definitely an experience, man, for sure. So, right on. Yeah. It was great, though. It was great. Well, um, so did these guys like? Did you know their stories beforehand? Did you did you understand like? Did they give you a little background so you knew what to talk about? So like, I definitely knew or? about my client's story, and um, most of these client, uh, most of these first responders, you will you see you will see on the show. Um, you've probably seen them on the news already. Uh, it's national heroes essentially. Yeah. Um, so they, the you know the production office will send a link uh, with their story. Um, we'll do um, little video interviews uh, on Skype or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of get a get an idea on what my who my client is before yeah. uh, I obviously do the design and I'll talk to them. And we'll uh, converse that way. Um, so I do know a little bit about my client, and uh, they know pretty much everything about me. The production office sends them uh, a video interview of me, 
and uh, so they know who I am. So uh, we, we we already by the time we first meet, we'll already have um, good chemistry. Yeah, much. you already yeah. kind of know. So then you, yeah. the conversation just flows. Yeah. Now, how long do these? So are they big tattoos, little tattoos? Uh, so we, we they're about they're not large scale tattoos. Uh, we obviously we have a timeline during filming. Uh, yeah. Every minute is planned, right? So there's time there's time stamps we have to make, uh, especially for the filming crew. So uh, we'll do. A tattoo that we know we'll, we'll do the design uh, um we'll i guess create the design of tattoo uh by how many hours were allotted to to tattoo yeah uh so we'll obviously work around that design um so we yeah so we do have a timeline they're about i would say medium between medium and large you know not completely huge not a little leg sleeve or anything but um, you're looking like two, not two like and a half hours. Yeah, no, well, probably oh, like yes. five hours is, is probably hours? Okay. what uh, the most you know time. But um, that all depends on certain days. So, so you do you do five hours to get like little clips out of that? Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they'll get like uh, you know me peeling off the stencil and and then they'll 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 shoot back to uh, an interview that we're having. Um, you know, with the camera, like so today, my my client is so and so, and then I like switch back to me, slow motion needle going in the skin. You see the skin waving, and then oh, that's whoosh, cool. back, back to my client. Man, Robbie, I knew he would be perfect for me because he's a so and so, blah blah blah. He's done this, he's done that, and then it'll just switch back to me, like you know, wiping like with a paper towel, really slow. Like I just look like a complete badass. Just like whoosh. I'm like, damn man, this this show makes me look like a rock star. Yeah, but uh, it, the way they put it, uh, the way they um, uh, put everything, uh, the way they uh, edit everything, like it's just super fluent. I, yeah, I love it, man. Yeah, they, it, it, it takes away all the stuff you don't really need to see, and it just focuses on really the first responder and their story, and at the end the tattoo reveal, and it, it's it's perfect, man. It it really is. It's good. That's awesome. So, I guess the your painting. I see a lot of videos on your Instagram, which if nobody's ever seen it, please go check it out. It's super cool. We were just talking about that before the podcast, like your time lapses. And then you painted, uh, I guess you painted a painting for Brian Healy. Yes. The, yeah. With the, I love that guy. Ca- yeah. He's awesome. He's an man. awesome guy, man. He's so he, he awesome. He really is. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a manly man is yeah. what he is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I got a bit of a man crush on him. He's, he's a cool guy. <laughs> He's definitely going to have to listen to this episode all the way through for that. Um, I need him to teach me how to do a proper pull-up. Well, we uh, <laughs> we actually like started to do a thing together, me and him, um, interviewing people who have done some epic, crazy things. Yeah. Like The last one was this Paul uh, Watkins. Okay, yeah. He lives in Australia. He just nice. won the Arctic 6633 Ultra oh, yeah. Marathon. It's 383 miles. And that he, is insane. <laughs> in Antarctica. And he that won it. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's such a cool dude. Like such a crazy wow, cool dude. I was nervous awesome. in that interview. I was like, Oh my gosh, I finally got to do an ultra runner guy. Like, hey, congrats on that, man. Yeah. I, but, how was that? Like, did, uh, how was that? Anyways, it like, was awesome. And, wow. and he's like so down to earth and I so cool. I would have picked his mind like I, hardcore. I, I thought I was going to at first, but then I kind of, I kind of, was a little nervous at first and got warmed up. Yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. definitely going to do another one with him. Brian did great in the episode, though. Brian yeah, yeah. kind of like he had some really good questions and uh, the whole That's podcast cool, came out good and good, like man. mental stuff and all that. But yeah, so Brian and I started doing a thing where we're going to try to get like people who have done these crazy, these crazy, crazy 
like adventures and yeah. feats and stuff on the show. But um, that painting you did for him, the Captain America, because he's mm-hmm. a he's a comic book nerd. Yeah. Um, aside from being that. a manly man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that that painting was sick. I, man. I, I, it I was put, awesome. I put. Uh, a lot of time into that because uh, I, I know I know that he has a, a, a passion for for the the comic book side. So uh, I, I I did I didn't want to do the image ex- that looked exactly like Captain America. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to give him my taste on it, right? Yeah. So I did a a, a blue monochromatic um, skin tone on him. I thought that would look really good with the uh, the colors on the suit and helmet. Uh, so I just kind of threw my uh, twist twist on that and I, I varnished it so it should be good for a couple hundred years um, if, if not money back you know money back guarantee <laughs> yeah, yeah come get it back from me in a couple yeah. hundred years yeah if it wears out but it, should, it should it should stay in his in his family if he wants if he wants to do that it should be able to stay in his family for a couple of uh, uh, generations what about those other paintings I see like you do the the easy E one yeah You've done several I, I, and- I like I like to do a lot of pop art stuff yeah. um, a, a lot of stuff that uh, is is um, I guess uh, influences generations uh, you know of people I like to do uh, paintings of either people or or things that have an effect on humanity uh, I think uh, I'm able to capture uh, the moment uh, that defines that entity whatever I'm painting uh, so it's 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 fun for me and it it uh it allows me to grow as an artist by each painting i do like with that style yeah so uh, it's always cool to be able to to help myself grow and do a painting for brian so the, the <laughs> cool awesome. the cool thing about seeing people like yourself and i don't know if you went to school for art yeah. or if you just did I, it all on your own so i uh i guess as a kid um i was always supernatural at um drawing or recreating something um actually my first uh my first childhood memory is drawing the coca-cola symbol so uh <laughs> yeah uh, I, and you know i was just super interested in how the letters flow i remember it like very like clearly yeah. um i just remember loving the curvature of, of the letters and and all that so from from day one i was just hooked almost it's my hand was, was just doing its thing and i was like not sure how my hand is doing this, but I like it. <laughs> I'm only a couple years old, but I like this, right? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just grew from there, man. That's when I was a little seed, and so you know, now I have, I still have a lot, lot to grow as an artist. But no, like no schooling. This is just something that's like, uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so I was, yeah, I was getting to that. So, um, as a kid, you know, I, I naturally did that. Did I only took one art class when I was uh, in seventh grade, uh, and that was the only class. Uh, up until that point, that was the only class that I was legitimately confident with. You know, English, like uh, math, all, all that I wasn't, you know, confident at. I was, co- I killed that art class. Like, I, I made that art art class, you know, my bitch, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, awesome. I, I, I absolutely loved it. I loved drawing the still life. Um, all the other kids, there's like 20 kids in the class. Uh, they were all just like always standing around me looking at what I was drawing and they were like in awe, and the art teachers like, yeah, wow, that's that's pretty damn good. So uh, it, it, that was the last art class I took in uh, lower education, so high school. That was the only art class I took. I was in the Marines. Uh, I took advantage of the free tuition that the military had to offer. So uh, you know, went to ECU uh, for for a little bit um, before I went overseas to work at U.S. embassies. So. 
um, I do have uh, art classes under my belt. So, yeah, um, it was uh, it, it was a treat to be able to do that. Um, I think if you're a natural artist, you don't really need classes for it um, to to be good at what you're natural at. Um, but I know that these art classes and this art degree really helped me with achieving what was in my mind faster you know in a straight line versus it's the the art classes skip all the trial and error almost so i would eventually i'd be able to do what i learned in the art class it would have just took taken me a little longer uh but i would have naturally found out how to do it so art classes teach you teaches you different techniques different ways to achieve this style this style and it teaches you a little bit about art history so it kind of like uh, i guess grows your passion for it. uh in, in that regard yeah it, that that helped me grow as well so well it's it was funny. good i something you said like resonated with me because i had rollerblading is pretty much the only passion i had ever like real true passion i had in life it sounds really funny no 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 i'm not ashamed I love to admit rollerblading. it i roll up and down the bayou all the time it's in houston <laughs> in my blood and there's there's a awesome, there's dude. moments in time that i remember i can see the wheels so eric shrine Maddie Mance, we go after one of our X Games runs, we go over to this little thing, and I remember we took him out street, street skating in our area there, and we hit this rail, and I can see Eric Shrine's and Maddie Mance's wheels, and almost like can memorize like wow. the the logo on the wheel as it's spinning. It's like in slow motion to me. It's like Spider-Man when he... Yeah, he's, like the reaction time, or excuse me, the time slows down. And yes, he's like, I see the the wings of the fly. That's but that's crazy. I think I've I figured out that it was because I love that so much. That sport, yeah. that activity. I had such. I still go out and mess around today. Like being an old man, just you know, I'm busy all the time. <laughs> it's one of those things that like clears my head. But I had such like such a passion for it, and I loved it so much. And that's all I wanted to do. It gave me such yeah. fulfillment that. Little things like that stuck out in my mind. So when you said, I can still see the Coca-Cola in my mind, yeah. you know then, like from that early age, mm-hmm. that this is something I want, yeah. like I really want to keep doing. It's a treat, man. That's why the it's class was so easy too, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming like the class is easier yeah. when you really, really want to do something. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, well said. <laughs> uh, that's exactly you know you still, how i feel about it you still feel like so when you started tattooing from that do you have moments like that where things like yeah you, you can remember sp- specific tattoos and you see things in a different way you see like the little yeah. nuances when you're yeah, doing them yeah. and you remember all your tattoos and like yeah i i don't yeah i i don't really remember each tattoo design i remember something specific about it that i either liked or absolutely hated, <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, you know, in that regard, it, it, I'm always trying to learn in, in every tattoo or painting that I do. Um, I'm always trying to uh, to achieve uh, new new limits, I guess. Yeah. Um, I am very hard on myself when it comes to me critiquing my own craft. Uh, so it, I need to uh, learn. Or, well, I needed to learn to let go a little bit with my art and uh, not try so much to color in the lines but kind of um uh, put on canvas or on skin what is in my head and uh, just don't think about it too much uh that is a lot of uh, that's a problem a lot of artists uh would face uh in their personal journey as an artist so uh i i definitely uh, 
the last, I would say, three years have been uh, really finding myself as an artist and coming into my own as an artist. Uh, of course, I can always grow more, uh, but I, I'm glad that I'm going in the direction that I've always uh, knew I knew I wanted to, you know, yeah. wanted to go. So uh, definitely. Yeah. Well, finding that uh, finding that balance has got to be tough because <laughs> anything that I do, I constantly see my mistakes. Like when we go over this podcast and stuff, I'm going to go, oh, I could have done better as a host there. I could have asked a different oh, question me. there. You know, I, I could have done that. exactly what you mean. But then other people don't may not hear that yep. or may not see like if you drew if you did a tattoo on me and mm-hmm. i'd be like dude this is the sickest tattoo i've ever seen i'm not an art guy you yeah. know i appreciate it yeah but i'm i have no talent for like art yeah. and and the patience for like the drawing stuff i've just never wanted to learn it so when you put it on me i go dude this looks awesome mm-hmm. but you might see every little mistake in that tattoo and it might yeah. drive you nuts you know yeah uh it, it does uh the, this tattoo i did yesterday um it was a portrait of someone's cat who passed last year. The cat made it to 18 years old, by the way. Holy crap. 18 years old, a cat. That's an old cat. <laughs> that's a wise cat. <laughs> uh, anyways, he, that's like Gandalf. Like, that's Gandalf's yeah. dad. But uh, I tattooed this portrait of, the, uh, of this cat with a Victorian-style hmm. frame ar- around the cat's face. And, you know, the ears were coming, you know, o- going over the frame. And the, the neck and beyond was going behind the frame. So it had a nice uh, layered effect. And um, absolutely gorgeous tattoo. She, she loved it. It was on the inside of her bicep. Eight and a half hours. She took it like a champ. She only took like three or four bathroom breaks, and that's it. Which I was very impressed uh, when she said she wanted, you know, a, a photorealistic um, picture of her cat on her arm. I was first thing I let her know was that's gonna. The photorealism takes time. It, you know, it, you don't just get an image to look realistic by slapping slapping it on. You know, it, it's yeah. not one image. It's an accumulation of tiny little details right next to each other in a certain order that makes it, you know, uh, realistic. So, and it takes time, and it, you cannot cut any corners at all, uh, or else, you know, you'll have a Down syndrome-looking cat on someone's <laughs> skin. So, uh, anyways, um, I, 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 I'm looking at the I, – I, when I'm done tattooing, I take really good photos of it with really good light source. And I'll study it for like an hour. Uh, you know, I'll zoom in on every little part. And I absolutely hate how I did one of these whiskers in, in the cat. I was like, I made it too parallel with the whisker above that whisker. That's not how whiskers are in real life. What the hell was I thinking? And, you know, I'm just like really critiquing myself about that. But no one else would ever know. Well, now people will notice. No, but not, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Now, now everyone's going to see see that I'm a fraud. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> But, um... Uh, I, I definitely hated that whisker, but everything mm. else I was super satisfied with. So the yeah, one little whisker, uh, yeah, that one whisker. I'm like, mm, that looks too uh, too animated, man. Just, when nobody else is gonna, they're gonna think it's perfectly natural. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Uh, you know what? It's it was a great tattoo. I'm actually very pleased on, on how it uh, how it went down. Yeah, really good tattoo. Yeah, I'm sure the lady probably loved it. Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah, it, she she did. She uh, she almost teared up. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first, I was going to say, my mom didn't get a tattoo, dude. She, she takes in all these animals and, and does all this stuff. And, and she actually yeah, uh, she went down to our house down in the valley. And uh, she's like cleaning it up to to sell it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she sends a picture of a painting of a cat that she got that she had. Just like it was a cat, like one of their pets. But she had a painting of it or she did the painting That's of it awesome. or whatever. She sent a text like, does anybody want this? And we're uh-huh. like, 
that's funny. I mean, not really. We weren't even alive when that cat was around, <laughs> kind of. You know, but yeah. uh, that's my mom. My mom would definitely cool. get a cat tattoo. That's awesome. Uh, which I dig. I mean, yeah, my wife loves her dog, mm-hmm. Lulu. That's yeah, like, when she says if there's a fire in the house, she's already said the rules are, I'm getting Lulu, yeah. you get everybody else. Yeah. You know, out of all the kids and everything. Like You, you, you know, should tell her it's that thing in the fire department. Um, whenever there's a house with animals, uh, have a sign that's bolted to the front door or somewhere where where you can see um so the firefighters can see that there's this amount of pets inside the oh. house that's actually a thing you should tell her that um, yes yeah, for sure i'm going to tell everybody that like, yeah, i didn't no, even ex- know that yeah, about fire uh, safety people don't people don't think about that just yeah. post on the front of your house that you have you know so and so animals um and uh like where their would names you... are so yeah. where would you put it uh, like if you're probably, put it in front of the house. Uh, I would put it not on the door, but I would put it probably, you know, if you have like a doorbell or something, I would probably put it like right there or uh, just next to anywhere uh, in the front that, that you would you would see easily. You know, not, I'm like uh, really... have it, have it a, a color that sticks out from the color of the house. So if you have like a white house, I wouldn't have a white sign. I have like a yellow sign or something like that. Yeah. You can just, you know, go to a custom sign shop and they can do it for really inexpensive. So I'm like really fascinated with this now that as yeah. a firefighter, you're running into a house that's on fire and you look at a sign going in like, oh, they have like, they have four dogs. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, uh, shoot. Uh, my one of my first fires, uh, and you'll hear about this on the show while, while I was tattooing a firefighter. Uh, one of my first fires as a rookie, I was rookieing at uh, the fire station in downtown, huge fire station, and we cover a, a, you know a good amount of of the downtown portion, uh, so a lot of uh, apartment complexes. And uh, first fire, uh, first fire, yes, it was first fire. Uh, I got pretty much my right hand got mauled by a cat. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I, I, we were already on fire <laughs> fire scene for like 45 minutes doing like multiple tasks in full fire gear. So I was like already just completely exhausted because uh, that fire gear takes out your energy. I'm sure it uh, does. Yeah, it's meant to keep heat out so it keeps your body heat in and it is it is hot in there. But uh after after everything, you know, this guy comes running down the stairs. My cat, you know, one apartment, one unit was on fire. But since it was like a an apartment complex that shared the same ventilation system, all the other units got filled up with smoke. So um, this one guy comes running downstairs. You know, my uh, my cat's in there. So he's in he's in the bathtub. His name's Fluffy. <laughs> so shout out to Fluffy. Uh, <laughs> we uh, uh, so obviously my captain. Hey rookie, go up there and get the cat. So, me being exhausted, I just had nothing but my bunker pants on and my helmet. Uh, obviously, my my uh, my mask for ventilation, and uh, I had my gloves in my cargo pocket. Didn't think that uh, cats are have sharp uh, nails and their <laughs> sharp claws. They can be crazy. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, yeah, this one was crazy. Anyways, I have I put my light on on my fire helmet and I go into the bathroom. Like look inside the bathtub. No, no, no. Look up above the toilet. You know where all the the towels go, and the cat's just looking down at me. And my flashlight shined at his eyes perfectly, oh, where he's just no. like big, round, glowing circles, just like wide-eyed, looking at me. Like if you touch me, I will kill you, kind of thing. Yeah. So like there's uh, smoke in here, and now the lights in my face. Yeah. I don't know what's going so, on. I'm the biggest animal lover, and I will do anything to save an animal, pretty much. So. 
grab the cat uh, on the back, you know, cat skin's loose, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm trudging out, I'm still exhausted, my, you know, my, my arms swinging around with a cat, <laughs> with a cat behind me just hitting the hallway, and, you know, ever I go around a corner, hit, hit the door, and anyways, I'm, I'm five feet from the entrance of the apartment, and the cat somehow turns around and puts every single sharp object <laughs> inside my hand, like both, all four paws and all teeth, and uh, if I uh, obviously if I let go, the cat would run back inside and eventually die of smoke inhalation. So I, we're on the second story, by the way. Uh, five feet inside the door, I chunked like a like, like a shot put, <laughs> chunked his cat out of the door, hits the guardrail, starts hel- helicoptering off the guardrail into the pool. Cat was fine, obviously. He just. Uh, catapulted i guess (laughs) into the water got out uh the the cat was you know the cat survived and and all that so but my hands swell up like a a balloon (laughs) so you have to get like tested for rabies yeah i went i went to the doctor the next day and um i uh i got shots and and looked at wow so um yeah that was my my first fire i got a cat safe so how do you? Is it, <laughs> I got a cat save, but I'm just saying if if yeah. the uh, the the sign had my cat is in here, um, that could have probably been avoided to to begin with. Yeah, because when we first get there, we do like a 360, and you know we do a, a primary search, make sure you know all all lives and souls are, are out of a building or whatever. Um, if if it's safe, we we do that. How often so, do people put signs out that say they have this amount of dogs? That's uh, that's honestly, unfortunately, that's not really a thing. I, so I you have I've to go I've never seen and... one, but you know, we obviously know there. I know there are some, but I've never personally seen one. You know, so I think that would help a lot. So when you go in, like, how many these animal rescues? Like, you run into dogs that are temperamental are they scared because the smoke like do you guys are you guys trained to know how to deal with a animal that's not, running around psychotic inside of a burning building not really man um you just kind of got to use your judgment call on that um do you just let them out like try to get them out or you carry well, them out, yeah, uh, well it just depends you know if if the the structure or or whatever is on fire uh, is full of smoke most likely that animal is going to be passed out um, cause they're not getting oxygen in their lungs. So, uh, in that case, definitely take them out and continue your job. And, you know, there's firefighters on the outside of the building, you know, that are doing other jobs that will tend to that animal, give it, give it oxygen and whatnot. Um, so one of the guys I tattooed on the show, his name is Andrew Klein. And he, uh, he actually in, in 2017, he, uh, did mouth to snout on, on a dog, which is not, normal training for firefighters that's like an extra thing that you need to sign up on your own time to know so this guy (laughs) happened to be the only guy in the fire department that had that mouth to snout training and he pulled this poodle out of this fire and the dog was completely dead no pulse no nothing and he performed mouth to snout on that dog on that poodle for 20 minutes got pulses back Saved the dog, and now the dog, um, the owners of the dog, uh, he's from the Santa Monica Fire Department. Shout out to Santa Monica Firefighters. Oh, they man. just had their 130th birthday um, in March, so uh, that, that was cool. Uh, I, I did a, a big charcoal drawing of, of one of their iconic uh, Santa Monica fire, uh, fire Department photos when they, uh, there was a church on fire. And uh, they um, salvaged what they could uh, of the church. And there's this really iconic photo that 
that the fire their fire department holds dearly and i did a big charcoal drawing of that for their 130th birthday sent it to them uh they have it hanging up in their new fire station but uh the the owner of of that dog goes by the fire station one there and uh he all the firefighters play with him and everything and he uh he likes to to scratch his back on the mud flaps of the ladder truck. <laughs> yeah, awesome. so it, it's um uh, twenty it, it's a, minutes. Twenty minutes. He did not give up. That you'll see it all over the news. Google him. Santa Monica firefighter saves dog. That is all over the internet. Hell, uh, Japan picked that story up. You should see the graphics for that news channel. It's funny. Like there's just all this artwork <laughs> and like you know all these you know different language letters everywhere. And there's there's it's like a comic book almost. Yeah. There's there's just like a girl in the comic like ah. Like putting her hands on her cheek, like screaming, and then there's this like big manly American firefighter holding this poodle. Like the artwork for 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 that news uh, segment in in Japan was hilarious, but um, yeah, that that made like world news. Yeah. That's that's so cool. Somebody would spit like you know if you think about fires, you're gonna go human beings first, but the the fact that he's Spending twenty minutes on a dog. Yeah, so the the uh, he was able to to do that because uh, obviously. Uh, in the fire department, we will uh, always save a human life first. That's sure, you know, and secondary would be, um, in my opinion, animal life, and then salvage what you can, property, right? Uh, but yeah, obviously, um, it's it's on a case by case basis. But um, there was no other uh, lives in there, and uh, the the owner of the dog uh, actually uh, was very hysterical like yeah, my dog's in there he's my life pretty much or the, i don't know if it's he or she but that dog's my life uh so they uh the santa monica firefighters do what they do best and, yeah help their community that's out that's so awesome because yeah, pets really did are not like... give up and the owner no. was right there like imagine being that owner and just like that... your dog comes back to life it's like man that but it's funny because uh whenever she said my dog's in there Andrew was in there walking around in full gear, and if you've ever been in a house fire, you know it's low visibility, and you have your mask and hood on, so you have no peripheral vision. It, everything's just like straight ahead, and there's smoke everywhere, so you really don't see anything, and you know, he, he, my dog's in the back room, she said, and he was walking around there, and he saw this black rug on the ground the whole time and he didn't realize it was the dog <laughs> the, oh. the the white fur and the poodle just got completely uh charred and full of soot from the smoke he just looked like a rug on the ground <laughs> <laughs> it's funny one of, one of the pictures the new one of the news channels uh got uh they snapped a shot of him walking out of the house fire with this poodle and if you zoom out, zoom in on the on the dog's face it's just like the worst picture of this dog like his dog's the eyes were like rolled up his tongue was sticking out it looked like you know when you accidentally uh get your camera phone out and reverse the camera on accident where you see that ugly like (laughs) low angle photo of your face like it looked like that like that dog definitely does not want that picture on the internet (laughs) (laughs) the dog doesn't want the picture on the internet i mean man but what Dogs mean so much, like animals mean so much, and in my mind, I'm sitting here going, like, I could probably have a whole podcast with you talking about, do you save, like, snakes, like, all the weird, you know, because if you know people, like, you've been to a bunch of houses, I've had the, I don't know if you want to say pleasure, yeah, or the opportunity, whatever it is, to go knock on a lot of doors with my job, like, Mm. a lot of doors, you know, 700 miles worth of property, I'm knocking on doors and asking people to go in there, so I get to see, hear, 
talk to a lot of people with a lot of interesting <laughs> things. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of a lot of things I don't know that are always should be pets that are pets. And so when you have that sort of situation, I mean, how are you going to handle that? Like there's big snakes, there's ferrets, there's guinea pigs, hamsters. Well, usually those you know, animals would be stuff. inside of a cage, right? Yeah. So in some way... It's hard to... Know, it would, I would think that'd be hard to grab like an aquarium though. It would It would be. If, man, we have PPE on. I'm, I'm pretty sure if it's like a, you know, a black mamba, you wouldn't want to grab that. <laughs> But, you know, I would be cool with grabbing you know, a, a 10-foot python. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'd be fine with that. I mean, it's going to be heavy, but... <laughs> it's going to be heavy. Yeah. <laughs> if, if if we're on scene and everyone else doesn't want to touch a snake or, you know, a, a, yeah. a bearded dragon or something like that, you know, of course, birds would be tricky. You'd have, like, yeah, you'd have, like, a weird... Um, that would be a weird, funny conversation because you, you guys have radios? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've had radios, and then you get to talk to I ain't touching that snake. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, come up and get the snake, man. Engine 27B to Engine 27 Charlie. Hell nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my uh, the sign outside my front door would, would be a big sign. I got um, Jess and I. We live together. We uh, we have two birds, uh, two, two uh, parrots. Uh, we have... A bearded dragon. We have a goldfish, and we have two dogs. <laughs> so we, we we got we got a zoo in there. So you have like a sign-in book at your front door. Like Pretty much. You have yeah. to flip the page page two for yeah. the rest of the animals. Yeah, exactly. It's like a clipboard with check marks. <laughs> you know, in case of a fire, check to make sure all of these things are out. <laughs> That's Pretty awesome. much. That's cool. Yeah. Well, um, I guess what's the do you have any other tips for people that they may not know as far as like fire safety when you're going in, like what makes your job easier in a fire that we can do in our everyday life? Uh, so if you have, you know, um, well, I guess it doesn't really matter how big your house is or apartment complex. Um, have, have drills occasionally, maybe biannually. Um, the drill can only be two minutes long but i guess if you have kids you know in the middle of the night not on a school night preferably summer um you know two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning uh just turn on the lights and and say the fire drill um people don't really think to do that but uh whenever you're in high stress situations and you're not used to it your cognitive thinking kind of goes out the window you know and uh your motor your fine motor skills goes away it's suddenly hard to grab things with your hand and and put things on and take things off. So uh, if you're not used to being in stressful situations like that, I would do biannual drills, like turn on the lights, uh, fire, fire. Of course, you know, tell the the kid or, or the, the wife or the family member that you're going to do it sometime. That way, you know, they're not actually oh, uh, yeah. super scared, right? Uh, say I'm going to do a drill this week sometime or t- in the in the middle of the night, wait till everyone goes to sleep. And uh, th- that's the best way because uh, waking up, you know, from a dead sleep into a drill, that's probably the most realistic way to do it. Um, and oh, and always have, if you have multiple exits and doors, um, whenever there is a fire and there is smoke everywhere and you're disoriented, um, you don't know where your front door is. So from the inside, uh, I would have uh, maybe a little, uh, it sounds um, a little over the top, but I would probably have um, a front door sign or something on, on the inside. 
um, not an LED exit sign like in yeah, movie theaters. Yeah, just something but, to tell you it's a front door. Yeah, um, yeah, or uh, have the um, have a um, like a, I guess paint paint a red uh, ring around the doorknob or, or something like that. Uh, just some, some way marker. so your family knows this is the front or back door. Um, so. That's uh, you said that is super interesting to me because I'm sure as a firefighter you drill things all the time. Mm-hmm. You drill, drill, yeah. drill. You've constantly got to be practicing your craft for saving people, and you yeah. see things. Military, like mm-hmm. you, you go like the reason it resonated with me is uh, I had CT on the podcast, mm. and he he's a special forces guy, yeah. like a real American hero guy, like super cool talking to him. Mm-hmm. I just I, like I loved it, mm-hmm. and uh, but he was saying it's like. If somebody breaks in your house and you got a gun safe, you know, yeah. if you don't practice that thousands of times, mm-hmm. what are you going to do when that happens? You know, like yeah. you get up, you're going to be shaken. Do you remember the combination? Yeah. Like, how does that work? Uh, yeah, you know, I, like you're, you're all of a sudden, everything's messed up in, in your system. Like everything's you're rushing and you're yeah. nervous and you're shaking. So that really kind of hit like took me back to that Good. spot. Like, oh, practicing that over and over again. So if it, if it were to, yeah, everybody it slows down for you, you know, like it, yeah. it gets, it gets to where it's easier. They know what to do. Mm-hmm. They practiced it before. Let's yeah. go through this and let's get out. Like that's, that's really mm-hmm. good advice. I mean, yeah. I, I dig mean, it. having a plan really is, is always good for anything in life, especially, um, being prepared and, and taking preventative, uh, training or, you know, just having a preventative mindset versus acting after something happens. Uh, it's always good to have, have a, you know, a plan, I guess. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Um, so just uh, be prepared for any situation, really. Do you find any of that mentality the same way, like that mentality transfer into your art, your tattooing? Um, like the, the-, uh, the the structure, for, like from the military and fire department, we have structure. Um, you know, A, B, C, these are the way things uh, should be done. Of course, that could be malleable. There could be new training where you find out new things and then the, the order of A, B, C, D switches. But um, do things right. Do things in order. Don't cut corners. That's that's pretty much uh, what I take from from my uh, civil service. Um, don't cut corners. Do things corners. right. Yeah, don't cut corners, man. Uh, do it right. Take your time on something because once you're done with that, you can't go back and and do it again um, in an original way. So you could fix something, but you know, do it right. Uh, it saves time. Uh, it, you feel better about yourself. Um, just do do everything in life the way you you feel is the right thing to do. Because everyone knows, like. If you're doing something, you know if, if you should be doing it another way or not. Like you, you know, and if you don't know, that's something you'll learn, right? Yeah. So uh, you don't want to know something and have this amount of knowledge and go cut back and go backwards with your skill or your job or life, right? You, you, you don't want to go backwards. You don't want to know something and not do it because then that turns into a habit. Then that just turns into how you do things. And instead of progressing, you're, you know, going backwards. So yeah, that's I, pretty much the, how, how, that's what I grabbed you know, from, from actually, uh, I started learning that when I was in the Boy Scouts. Pretty much my whole life has had some, some kind of structure in it. But doing it, the process all the way through, like it's tempting yes. to cut corners. Yeah, yeah. It's tempting when you look mm-hmm. at it and you go, I just want to like, I can skip this step. Mm-hmm. I can skip it. I don't need to do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you can skip that step and still achieve the next step. But, you know, when you do that step, uh, there's less you have to think about and less you have to fix on the next step to, to get back on track. So like it'll take you longer if you take that step. It'll take you longer to get over here. Mm-hmm. But you can also go past here. Yeah, exactly. You, and, know, you can also go yeah. further down the line. Mm-hmm. And, and you can also, mm-hmm. in your situation, being a firefighter, even tattoo artists, when somebody's apprenticing or whatever. I don't yeah. even know if I said that right. You did. So, <laughs> but uh, That was great. You know, like, like, apprenticing. All right. I but, like it. So like you can actually transfer that knowledge and know how to explain mm-hmm. what that person's doing and yeah. how to, you know, the process through it where they understand fully what's going on. Same thing yeah. with firefighting, everything else. Like you can, you can transfer your knowledge to the next person so they can be actually better than you. Yeah, no, and that's all it should be always the the goal. Uh, and especially like when you teach, you you're kind of learning more as well. You're you're fine tuning your knowledge when you teach, right? So, uh, you know, that's I mean, my mom, she uh she always told us kids growing up like I want you to I want all of you to uh do better than I did. And it should always be like that. Yeah. And eventually like when I have kids, you know, uh, I'll tell them like I want you. You know, it it should keep going up. You know. Yeah, you want and them to be better. Th- yeah, exactly. And there's there's a couple things that I that really resonated with me that my uh, drill instructor told me in uh, boot camp uh, was two things: an acronym called KISS. Keep it simple, stupid, right? So don't overthink things. <laughs> and that goes good in stressful situations and oh, emergency yeah. situations. Keep it simple, stupid. And uh, another thing, um, another quote he, he liked to say was, uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So whenever, th- this goes back to like the cutting corners thing and, and go, you know, A, B, C, D, follow, following order like that. Um, if you skip a step, then you're kind of rushing things. And if you take your time and do things right, in the end, that's that's consistent and that's that's faster. You don't have to go back and fix things, right? So, uh, th- yeah, those two things really resonated with me, and I kind of kept those to add on to what I, uh, how I use my military and my civil service for my art. So, man, that's awesome, good, man. Stuff. Well, um, I guess tell everybody where they can find all your stuff. Uh, give a shout out to the show again before we yeah. end the podcast. All that, like. Put all your plugs out there. Okay, that you cool, need to, man, man. Cool. Uh, so, uh, if you, if you want, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram, all lowercase, Robbie R O B B I E underscore Carson C A R S O N. All my information will be on my bio there. Um, if you wanted to inquire about a painting as well, you can also DM me or email me at artworkbyrobbie at gmail I have uh, a couple more shout outs to my mom, you know, Amber Corley, uh, helping me grow up into a you know, fine young man, or at least trying to be, uh, and helping me out with my artwork and uh, really supplying me uh, the tools I need to, uh, to be as successful as I can, or at least open the door for it. Um, shout out to the show, uh, Prison Break Tattoos, Hero Inc. on A&E Network, June 6th at 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we're, we're showing two episodes back to back, so it'll be 9 to 9.30, then 9.30 to 10. I'll be tattooing. Shout out to Sean Larkin, uh, the commentator on uh, Life PD. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah, so I'm tattooing uh, Sean Sticks Larkin on episode one. Um, he's, a, he's a cool guy. 
he uh, uh, he's a police officer. I'm a firefighter, so we had some 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 funny uh, yeah. back and forth, love hate things going on. Uh, you know, he he would constantly be telling me why I'm not baking cookies at the fire station. Uh, yeah, it's all good though. Uh, I, I hit a a, a fire. Uh, I, I hit a fire hydrant in his tattoo. No, I'm joking, Sean. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hide that. But it's it's a great tattoo. He did a good job. Uh, tattooed a, a pretty nice piece on his uh, chest. Uh, Tune in episode one to see it. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it's 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 a good tattoo. Anyways, uh, let's see what else. Uh, what, am I missing anything? Am I miss? Hmm, what else? I don't know. Hmm. That's the show. Your tattoo. I think that's, I think that's it. No man. Facebook. You don't do Facebook, anything on there. Robin McLeod Carson on Facebook. Uh, McLeod M lowercase C capital C L O U D. Love that middle name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right on, Thanks man. for having me on, dude. Yeah, like, you bet. Man, I, I was I've been super excited for this, man. So uh, me too. I'm glad we got it done. Like, me too. I'm, I'm like, got it done. I think I think we hit a lot of good points that uh, uh, people can take from this. So, I hope we did. Yeah, I did. I mean, I was yeah. super interested in everything, dude, man. I could I probably know, talk I to you. I didn't know you, you had a passion for rollerblading. <laughs> that is freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I need to send you a pair of cut off jeans. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. My wife would love that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll get a pair too. We'll, we'll go together. Okay. <laughs> All right, on man. Well, thanks, fun. Robbie. All right. Yeah. No problem.